Hello, my name's Justin. And I'm Nick. And this is What About Wrestling? Are you ready to listen to us gush about how good Vengeance Day was? Because it was really good. Yeah, I mean, we ask What About Wrestling? Vengeance Day kind of is what wrestling was about, really. Ah, I I did not expect it to be as good as it was. I mean, I expected it to be pretty good because I think NXT is my favorite WWE proper show. Um, but this is really freaking good. Yeah, I mean, for me as a fan, like, it seems kind of like a, a culmination of, like, non-storyline stuff, which is usually why I'm kind of invested into things, right? Because, like, the tournament for the Dusty Classic, like, it's more of a, it's more of a athletics kind of thing right where it's a tournament and people wrestle and they mm-hmm. do what they're do- doing right and the rest were like championship matches that i didn't have a whole lot of tie into on it but like from top to bottom like there was not a a match that i felt was un- unenjoyable well the the raquel gonzalez uh, dakota kai versus shotzi blackheart and ember moon was phenomenal i love shotzi blackheart She's got probably the best intro or the best entrance. In oh, by, by far. Nobody else and, comes out shooting stuff, people with a tank. And Ember Moon is just the right amount of like, I wouldn't say crazy, but like unhinged, I guess. That, sure. Like, it works perfectly with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, she came out wearing like that gas mask. Like, it was pretty sweet. And in contrast, like Raquel and uh, Dakota's was a lot more subdued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, Gonzalez, like, I did imagine the way that it happened was going to happen because Raquel Gonzalez is a beast. She's a tank, whereas <laughs> Shotzi has a tank. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, oh man, that wasn't. And it kind of offsets with Dakota Kai because she's one of the tinier wrestlers. It's gotta be right. Yeah, and I mean they even mentioned it on there. Like she's. They mentioned in the match, like on commentary, and I actually, I really enjoyed the the commentary team mm-hmm. um, through this. But they mentioned how she's very small compared to everybody else, and even like Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, they're not super hulking, imposing people. Right, right. Um, but Raquel, like her pose, like when she intro, I noticed like she was facing away from the camera to show off her like crazy back muscles and shoulder blades and stuff and it's one of those ones where you're like okay this this is gonna she's differentiated from everybody else just based off her yeah her physical presence that you know that what speaks to me like this match to me shows why nxt has the best women's division out there because you look at this and there's so much like difference in all of them whereas whenever i watch women's matches in like raw or smackdown a lot of them look very similar and have the very like kind of the same styles <laughs> yeah i mean you got like seven different flavors of blonde athletic woman on raw and smackdown right yeah and then you have seven or eight different flavors of non-blonde athletic women and then like and that's not to disparage them they're, oh. I think that they do great. Like, I just think that there's like this hangover of the diva era that's coming back that I don't want in the main shows. 
and fucking NXT is just like, nah, these women are badass, and I love that. Absolutely, and then, I mean, what speaks to that point a little bit more for me is this was a a match that involved four entertaining competitors, right? Yeah, absolutely. There, there was another women's match uh, two or three matches later that had three more talented, entertaining women's wrestlers, which in years past, like, would absolutely not have happened in any kind of combination of the shows. The thing I really, like we're, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but I also really like that women's championship match because uh, it seemed, like, Mercedes Martinez, I, I'm not super familiar, but she's been around a long time, right? Yeah, she, I'm not super familiar with her either, but she's been around in other companies quite a bit. Um, and she's 40, which is kind of on the high end of age for most wrestlers, but especially yeah. like women's wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. But she also didn't seem to no, she have looked, an issue with she it She looked at all. great. She was doing fantastic. I kind, of, I kind of liked how they built that matchup because it was like, it was kind of like three very distinct schools of wrestling. Absolutely. It was some good in-ring storytelling because I didn't, I didn't have a lot of out-of-the-ring storytelling to, to base this off of. Um, and there wasn't had... a whole lot for this. This I feel like I wasn't expecting this because I whatever they announced it, I felt like this match was kind of thrown together. Uh, I mean, Tony Storm and Io Shirai have been, like, feuding with each other on NXT on and off, and Mercedes Martinez basically just, like, interjected herself at... Um, in both of them. She was mostly bad at EO to me, it seemed like, but, um, obviously cause she's the champion and she's fucking great. EO Shirai is, steals the show every time she's on it. Yeah. So let's, let's go this way, right? Like the, the first match, the Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Chachi Blackheart. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, really Raquel Gonzalez won it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was it was also like at times pretty brutal too, right? Like um, Dakota Kai got fucked up for a lot of the match. Yeah, um, and then would get what's called the hot tag, where the person's getting beat up and then can rush over to the their fresh teammate to come in and clean the house and catch their breath. Right. Um, and then Raquel would come in and just. Wreck demolish house. people, yeah. throw them into the, the glass, <laughs> throw them off the stage. Yeah. At one point, threw Dakota Kai at uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, that was pretty was great. Um, but this match also had a pretty interesting um, kind of implication, because beyond being the, the first Dusty Rhodes women's tag team champions, I guess, or... They're gonna they're gonna chance to get the fight uh for the WWE champion champion. Which I gotta say, I kind of like how they do that more because they get to go in between all the brands. Yeah. And uh, I think that I think that that's an interesting dynamic. That I I do like it because I like the fact that I mean it I think the fact that it's Nia Jackson, um, Shayna Baszler is kind of whatever again, but 
I think that's going to be pretty interesting, though, because, I mean, Raquel's whole thing is she's bigger and badder than everybody. and Yeah, and then there's Nia Jax. And Shayna Baszler, who... Right. I think we've mentioned this before, but if you're the one person that's wearing a mouthpiece <laughs> and nobody else is, that means that you're ready to do some shit. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a mouthpiece featured in this? There was. Pay-per-view? Uh, like, didn't Finn Balor, like, rip out Pete Dunne's mouthpiece at one point? He did. Um, and that's another one, like, Pete Dunne, the, the bruiser, bruiser weight. Yeah. Um, it, it goes back to, like, there was this old school kind of uh, MMA fighter that came into to wrestling called Tank Abbott. And I'm talking like UFC 1 and 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And at that time, like you weren't required to wear shoes and you weren't required to wear gloves. Um, but he did. And uh, it was like, if you're, if you're going into a fight and you're not required to wear gloves and you choose to, then... You're probably you probably got something going on that other people don't. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be it'd be like if you're gonna go into like a schoolyard like fight at the lunch like at lunch right. or something like that. Yeah. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna go in wearing a football helmet. <laughs> like I'm planning on doing some fucked up shit. <laughs> and that's it's those kind of details that I think well yeah and it's cool. a power move too right it's like oh well, yeah we'll fight you can wear gloves I uh, I want to wear gloves you don't have to I don't want to hurt you <laughs> and like in all reality like there are bare knuckle boxing uh, like federations and then there are gloved boxing federations mm-hmm. that are more mainstream and the people in the bare knuckle they'll get messed up right with like cuts and stuff like that and black eyes but like the lasting, like long term, yeah, physical effects are from the gloved it's, ones. It's way worse, yeah. So, but it's going to be an interesting dynamic too, um, with Raquel and Dakota versus Nia and Shayna because, mm-hmm. like, do you think they're going to target Sh- uh, Nia's hole? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it, it was really effective for Lana, <laughs> who she found the Achilles uh, the... heel <laughs> after. What, almost two months of constantly getting put through the table? Nine times. Nine times she got put through that table. And you, you dropped an eye on her butthole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, They've done it twice now. Oh, that's right. And uh, she didn't. Times... She didn't say my hole the second time. But... <laughs> that's, that's the kind of selling that really <laughs> cements that... Like, it, it humanizes people a little bit, right? Like, yeah. If I got dropped right on my butthole, like, I think I would probably say the same exact thing. Uh, oh. My favorite part of this, uh, and we're jumping out of NXT Vengeance Day and going into uh, Raw here. And I gotta say, it's good for Raw, because this is one of the few times I think people have got, like, that I've just really enjoyed something that how many times, if you had to guess, did they oh, replay that for no reason at all other than oh, to replay it? So, like, over double digits already. <laughs> That's how you identify <laughs> yourself as being iconic, is uh, a move like that. And I love how it's doing nothing to improve anything for Lana. No. But it is absolutely making Nia a lot more visible. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> is that Lana won that match, but 
but Naya won the war. She won my heart a little bit. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't really like Nia Jax that much. Um, just because I guess I've heard a bunch of rumors that she's not the safest wrestler. Right. Um, I mean, she's I, uh, I saw, responsible, I feel. I saw for... a video of her uh, against her match with Kyrie Zane, where Kyrie was like screaming at her that she wasn't set and she went with the move anyway. And we all know that Kyrie Zane's not wrestling anymore. Um, I mean, she's. I would say that she's almost directly responsible for um, how big uh, Becky Lynch is. That's before um, my time. You'd have to explain that. So before Becky Lynch was the man and the number one merch seller in the company, and before she had her baby with Seth Rollins, um, she was just another women's wrestler that had a thick accent and almost had a steampunk look to her, but uh, Survivor Series was happening and it was SmackDown versus Raw and Becky Lynch was starting to get that edge on her and the kind of top woman kind of vibe and uh, she led an invasion on, on to Raw and uh, Nia Jax threw a punch at her that went wrong and legitimately busted up her nose and broke her nose and everything but Becky Lynch kind of kept going with it and kept pushing through and it made her look like a total badass. And I think that that one moment is kind of what shifted her from another woman's wrestler that was doing really good to kind of that next level of yeah where she got to and where she will be when she, and if she comes back, you know? Yeah. When she comes back, she's definitely going to. Yeah. I mean, it might take a little bit longer with the whole, like, she has a baby thing. Of course. But... Take all... I hope she takes all the time that she needs and wants to, but she, th- I have no doubt in my mind that, that she's going to want to come back. Um, uh, so much to, to go into um, on everything. Her versus... I, I, want, I hope Asuka keeps the title until we can see them wrestle for it again. Because yeah, I mean, we, we didn't get that with her, with Asuka getting the money in the bank... I kind of forget that that's how Oscar got the title, and she's had it since then. <laughs> right, was hey, <laughs> instead of you getting the the match, you got the title. Yeah, it's oh, right. here it is. It's in the suitcase. Surprise. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, there's a lot more that can be possible too, with like Rhea Ripley and even Bianca Belair now. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunity there that I'm excited for. I hope they do good with Rhea Ripley and Raw, man. I'm, t- I'm, uh, you know me. I'm terrified every time a big someone goes big in NXT and they get pulled up to the main roster that they'll get pushed for like a week and then get tossed to the side. Like, well, it uh, sounds like you've been paying attention. Like Aleister Black and <laughs> and and Angel Garza and. <laughs> I think the one that did the best and even now seems to be kind of floundering is, in recent memory at least, is uh, uh, Keith Lee. He's still in the, the he to me Keith Lee is still in like that honeymoon phase where they're like still trying to push him over because he just joined. But in a year, we'll see if they're still talking about Keith Lee or if he's going to be in catering with Aleister Black. <laughs> Right. It's it's a shame too because I fucking love Keith Lee. 
Yeah, I don't think that there's anything <laughs> about Keith Lee's performances that I could point to as not being interested in, you know? Yeah. Um, Same thing with Matt Riddle. And I, I I like that Matt Riddle's kind of been getting a push recently um, with his business with the, the Hurt Business. Uh, he's going to be fighting in the Elimination Chamber, I think, right? No, he's gonna do he's, the triple threat. Yeah, he's. I don't mean he's in the chamber, but like he's fighting for the oh, title on the card. On the card. Yeah. Uh, and Keith Lee's supposed to also, I believe, in triple threat. Oh, nice. Um, so that that'll be a interesting bout. A lot of different styles. It's kind of like the big athletic dude, the MMA fighter dude, and then like a mix of the two in the champion Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Um, but let's. Uh, I mean, I could. We could talk about any match on the card for Vengeance Day. And oh, it was Oregon so Florida. good. Just the Johnny like Gargano, the, the Johnny Gargano Casita match. I usually typically don't like chain wrestling kind of stuff where it's just like on the mat. It's okay, yeah. but that's not what I'm there for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, typically there's not a lot of flashing to it, right? It's yeah. Like, and I oh, get he's it. Oh, holding that for some time. Oh, he broke out of it. Oh, he's holding it. Oh, he yeah. broke out of it. Kind of but this did it. such a good job of building it up. Let me... I want to talk about Kushida a little bit, and then a little bit about Johnny Gargano and the way. Mm-hmm. But, like, Kushida's persona at this point seems like a dude who really likes Marty McFly. Yes, that's and, true. Uh, and they mentioned a lot of times that after he was injured, he came back and was fighting for his family and had like a new fire lit under him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the simplicity. Well, of that. it's like, I, I mean, it's kind be... it's kind of because he was like supposed to be this big star that they got right, and then he came out and like pretty immediately got injured for a long like a, an extended time. Um, but I, I love the simplicity of that gimmick of. This dude's really good. He also really likes this thing, so yeah. he's going to drive like it. Uh-huh. And now he has a reason to fight harder. He's got the fake and watch that fake he points watch. to. They call his finishing move the hoverboard armbar. Yep. <laughs> like, that's the kind of stuff that I think, like, is kind of lacking where you don't have to have this whole big, like, Finn Balor being the prince and having the most wins at NXT and stuff like that. Like that works for him, but like, you don't need that kind of stuff for everybody. Right. Just, right. This dude likes this stuff. So that's what he's going to do. Like, mm-hmm. I really love that. And then, uh, with Johnny Gargano, um, I think nice... NXT is generally pretty good at that. Like I like most of the people, like nobody in the NXT roster feels kind of like lost to me in the main one. There's some new people that I guess come in every now and again. I'm like, I don't remember these people at all, but like the major players that show up all the time, I like all of their gimmicks, and that's not true for the other stuff for for Raw or SmackDown. Well, speaking of gimmicks, one of my favorite ones uh, got involved with Johnny Gargano's The Way. Oh, Dexter Loomis. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is about him. I think he's just the right amount of creepy. Yeah, that for like sure. Compelling for me. Well, and he's a re- again. I think I said this last time. He's a reference that's like ten years too late, <laughs> but that's yeah. like perfect for wrestling, I guess. Yeah, and I mean it's working for me, right? Like you just. Oh, I love Dexter Loomis because he's he's 
he go he he does horrible things to the to the people who do horrible things. That's the kind of vigilante justice that you just kind of gotta appreciate on occasion, you know, yeah. like legitimately, like I would assume chloroforming. <laughs> yes. And then the rest of the way, having to go find him. Uh, I loved whenever he like shoved all, like most of the undisputed era into a car, and like had him hogtied to a car to like make sure they didn't interfere with the match between I think Dream, Velveteen Dream at the time. Yeah, it was the parking lot brawl. Yeah, um, going back into the annals of history, but um, something that you might not be aware of that I saw was uh, the next day there was a. On Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Austin Theory's profile picture got changed to uh, a weird photo of Dexter Loomis's face that was zoomed in kind of awkwardly, <laughs> and it just said "new profile pic." <laughs> just that's pretty funny. Another part of the goofy shit that yeah, in, in any other profession would legitimately be crimes. <laughs> it just just flows through and makes sense. Well, yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, you know that he was in on it, so yeah. like, it'd be it'd be totally different if Dexter Loomis actually kidnapped someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to kind of go back for you on that one, like you say, you're you're not usually a fan of the chain like mat based wrestling. Yeah. Um, but there was some stuff on here that like I'd legitimately never seen before that was fucking bonkers. Um, one that comes to mind is when Kushida had the uh, the hoverboard lock on him where he was like Johnny Gargano was standing up and had the arm bar on him and Kushida was like wrapped up on him off the ground kind of thing mm-hmm. um, the counter to that was fucking nuts where Gargano walked him under the ropes kind of and then fell backwards catching him on his throat on the ropes yeah um, no, it was almost like a bottle opener type action which was nuts um, and then Gargano's two different springboard DDTs that won the match. Um, yeah, where he like went from the he's that that he took Kushida and like did it on the apron and then went from the apron to the floor, right? That yeah, was that match? Yeah. So um, and then fucking <laughs> Kushida's just kind of a madman too, because <laughs> they were outside the ring and then he and then Kushida just kind of disappeared. Yeah. And it didn't make any kind of sense. And then he just showed up on the stage and ran at him like a, a bat out of hell and kicked his arm. Yeah. And, the, and I was just like, oh, that arm's probably broken now. <laughs> right. And there was a thing on NXT before this where Johnny Gargano tried to get the match canceled saying that his arm was broken. And he had like fake x-ray scans. Um, and obviously he was lying. but And probably the best... Uh... Um, authority figure in WWE history, in my opinion, uh, William Regal. On it, next he's like, "All right, that's fine. We'll just have Austin Theory." Yeah, if it's really broken, if it's really broken, then Austin Theory can defend your title against Kushida tonight on <laughs> NXT. No worries, we got you, fam. <laughs> 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 oh. But yeah, that honestly, that type of wrestling on it, like especially because they were able to like turn it up a notch and make it a lot more intense and fast paced. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the bread and butter for me of, of what I enjoy is seeing in a match kind of thing. Yeah. And um, uh, I liked the men's dusty rogue tag team plastic too, with uh, MSK 
and the grizzled young veterans. Um, that was a good one. A huge contrast of styles, which works really, really well too. Yeah, and MSK is like they actually to... seemed like it. Like actually seemed like teams. You know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. Um, I think the thing I, I like. I didn't like grizzled young veterans until I watched this match, and maybe the match before this, whenever they fought against Legato, or no, whenever they beat Timis. Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Yeah. Because uh, there's, like, I think in that match where they were wrestling Tommaso and Thatcher, where one of the Grizzled Young veterans, like, sacrificed themselves by getting in the way of the one that was legal, but whenever he got, like, thrown into a turnbuckle or something, I was like, oh, wow, I've never seen... I've never seen someone do that but he like slid in the way so that he would hit him instead of the turnbuckle which obviously hurt made it look like it hurt him but that his teammate was fine and he like came back and hit him stuff like that was cool yeah and i mean this match right here was it's such a contrast to raw and smackdown where fucking you're not allowed to have tag teams and it was classic (laughs) tag team wrestling too right where um there's Wesley and MSK, and um, the other one's name escapes me right now. I don't know the names of um, any of the people in these groups. I know MSK and Grizzled Young Veterans. Well, Wesley is the one that had has like those weird shorts and has like the bun on top. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and He's the one who partner. pushes. He's the one who pushes his partner. Yeah, um, and his partner, who I can, I'm guessing is the. Have you ever heard the the term the Marty Janetti of the team? Uh, I have not. So, uh, Marty Jannetty used to be in a tag team with Shawn Michaels um, and called the Rockers, and they were pretty successful. But um, it was always obvious that Shawn Michaels was going to be the breakout star. Oh, okay. Kind of like Elias and Tucker. Right. Tucker was the Marty in that group, basically. Um, And uh, Shawn Michaels ended up separating from the team by... uh, there was an interview show, kind of like the Miz TV, mm-hmm. that a wrestler by the name of Brutus the Barber Reek ran, and it looked like a barbershop. And he basically kicked uh, Marty Jannetty through the window to break up the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had one of my favorite calls of all time, because there was an old school announcer named Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> I was like, look at that coward Marty Jannetty. He's jumping through glass to avoid Shawn Michaels. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, uh... But yeah, it's it's good. It's good. But um, um, but they did just classic tag team stuff that you'd expect to see, like the grizzled young vets, um, cut the ring in half basically, and we're not letting their their stick is that they have like a supernatural ability to know where each other are in the ring or something. That's something that, that they kept. The, that's something that they kept the talking about with grizzled young veterans. Oh yeah, like that. Like I don't they, remember like, that call, but the uh, the it, ring awareness. Yeah, I, I think it might have been in their match with Champa versus Timothy Thatcher, which is also really good. Um, oh, it's Nash Carter is the other one that I was thinking of. Nash Carter, oh. yeah. But Carter was the one that was getting worked over almost constantly yeah. on it. Um, yeah. And they had the ring cut in half, basically, where they wouldn't let him go in a where in a place where he could like tag his partner. Um, and they kept doing quick tags so that 
Um, they could both be in the ring. They could both be in the ring. They could stay fresh, that kind of stuff. And he was just getting kind of worn down, um, which was perfect um, on it until uh, Carter at one point got his tag and then kind of went into Hulk mode and got really upset and started just throwing bombs at people. Um, and it opened it up to where they could um, do some of their really cool double-team moves. Like the Grizzled Young Vets did some more classic ones that had names like... Right, like the Doomsday Device, yeah. And stuff like that. And um, I mean, they're an established tag team. They've been tagging together from like um, 2017 in various different promotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas MSK is really new to WWE. Um, Like they debuted in this tournament, um, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yes. This was their debut in WWE. But they just, they have... Which is why I'm, I'm surprised that they won. Oh. And I, I heard, I read an article about, uh, I think it was Nash Wheeler. Is that his name? No, it's uh, Nash Carter. Nash Carter. Nash Carter. Uh, where he talked about how surprised he was at how much like a family him and his, him and his teammate felt at uh, NXT already. Yeah, I mean, that's something that they talked about multiple, multiple times, like, in the match, like, all about family and stuff. It reminded me of Fast and the Furious. Almost, well, yeah, but I, I was I was, I was, was thinking, this is more breaking kayfabe, where they were just talking mm-hmm. about how, like, everybody was cool that this new team was coming in and winning this big thing. And they're just like, yeah, man, you're, you're part of us now. Well, that is awesome, because I know, like... Anytime you go somewhere new, right, you're going to have that, like, I prove myself to everybody else and kind of ingratiate myself. But them being able to come in and have that switch flipped was pretty dope, or is pretty dope. Um, But you mentioned one move already um, that MSK does that's really cool is um, Wesley will push... Nash Carter onto opponents um, after Nash Carter. Like mid-flip. Yeah, mid-flip, so it'll splash onto him. But another move that happened on it, that like a sequence that was really cool for me, was towards the end where um, Nash Carter tagged in and then did like a senton or something onto one of the grizzled young vets. Mm-hmm. And then Wesley like, tagged in, and he did a move that um, AJ Styles used to do, but he says that he can't remember how to do it, and he probably hurt himself anymore, um, called the Spiral Tap. And it was that weird one where he like, did a senton that was almost like a leg drop that he was like spinning around while he did yeah, it. Yeah, so he's done like, that a couple times. Like six or seven different rotations. Like that was pretty. Yeah, no, that's, it's too. very impressive. Um, so I think uh, just a lot of a lot of cool shit coming from them going forward. Um, what was? And then, I mean, Grizzled Young Vets, I think they played their part perfectly. They came out, like, telling them, this isn't going to be fun. Get that stupid smile off your face. And yeah. yelling at him in the ring, like, right in his face. Like, yeah. just some classic heel they shit. They kind of have, like, a Penn and Teller vibe. Because the one dude won't shut up and the other dude doesn't talk at all. And the one that talks is the taller one. So it works <laughs> super good on that, too. Um, and then, um, I mean, the, the women's three-way match was... Super great too. Io Shirai being the the genius of the sky. Took it away. Um, Took it away. But Tony Storm, she's she's badass, man. Oh yeah. Um, 
All all the... three of them were badass, but um, I think everybody could kind of tell going in. I I don't know. I I would have been very surprised if Mercedes Martinez had won that match. Um, I'm not surprised that Io Shirai defended. Right. I, I mean, if Io Shirai wasn't the one who was going to win, then it would probably have been Tony Storm, just because mm-hmm. I think Mercedes Martinez was supposed to be like the heel in that, and I don't think she was established enough to. Yeah. To well, and Tony Storm's definitely a heel right now too. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I feel like she's not good, but not evil kind of thing as far yeah. as heels go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just like, that, just like the Finn Bauer Pete Dunn match, like there was no mount, ma- there was no doubt in my mind that Finn Bauer was going to win. Right. But I um, was surprised with the stuff that happened at the end of this. Where... So before, before that, I do want to. So Io Shirai's nickname as the the genius of the sky, like, it's a weird one for me. Like, it makes sense, but it just seems like a weird kind of title to have on you. Um, and it got me thinking of, like, other wrestlers with their, their nicknames that sometimes work and sometimes don't. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, um, Shinsuke was originally, like, the artist, which, mm-hmm. like, was kind the of artist weird. Formal, the, artist, the artist Shinsuke. Yeah, and now he's the King of Strong Style, which yeah. was something that fans called him a long time, and he used to call himself in Japan, and I think fits a whole lot better. And then there's Cesaro with the Swiss Superman when he's a good guy, or the Swiss Cyborg when he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, even going classic, there's like the Big Red Machine for Kane, or the Dead Man for the Undertaker. Um, are there any like that stand out for you that either make a lot of sense and fit and is like good, or any that like seem like they kind of come out of left field or just kind of awkward. I mean, they're all kind of crazy, so none of, like, they all just kind of seem like crazy nonsense to me. (laughs) Well, like, Limitless Keith Lee, like, that makes sense to me. Sure. Especially with, like, Bask in My Glory and the kind of way that he holds himself. Um, Yeah, I think Genius of the Sky fits Io Shirai. She is very high-flying. Well, what about, like, the original Mm -hmm. bro... For, sure, uh, that works. I'm sure, the, I'm sure there were bros before Matt Riddle. I'm know? sure there were too. <laughs> um, but are there are there any others that would like? I know you you had problems with the Monday Night Messiah. Yeah, I didn't like the Monday Night Messiah because he fancied himself a cult leader, but he had one dude following him. So I know he had more at one point, but that was. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that point. Because there was a very long stretch of time where he was, like, talking about the greater good and how he was, like, this great leader. And he had one person underneath him. <laughs> or what about, like, the head of the table? Same the thing. Chief? Same thing. <laughs> Just get more people in your faction. If, if, if your whole gimmick is that, like, oh, I'm the boss, you gotta have people to boss around. <laughs> <laughs> and I say I mean, that I, I say that but Sasha Banks doesn't need to change anything she's the boss right? <laughs> she can boss everybody favorites. around so one of my favorites is the blue collar brawler <laughs> for uh, for Otis that is a little um, that yeah I, I think that's 100% perfect 
Um, what about uh, like Kevin Owens? Like, is his still the the prize fighter? Um, maybe. Like that one, like seems like a weird one, right? Because they just say fight Owens, fight a lot, or stun the world. Yeah. Um, but giving those like secondary names, like I think, is just it's an interesting thing that sometimes works really well and fits, and sometimes it's like more of a head scratch kind of thing. And for I think sure, the, the thing more... the thing I don't get even more is like their uh, tendency to take away people's names. Like they turned Matt Riddle into Riddle, and they turned Buddy Murphy into Murphy. Yeah, and Biggie used to be and... Biggie Langston. And uh, the New Day have a, a podcast together, and there have been multiple times where he's like, "Give me back my name." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and it's I I don't get it right. Like shortening it doesn't make it easier to market. It, I don't like I don't know. <laughs> uh, and Mustafa Ali being Ali, and then being back to Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Um, naming is just a really interesting thing, I guess. It's it's really strange. I, I mean, let's not even get into the fact that that WWE's having the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. I mean, that's got to be like a slap in the face to Cody, right? Uh, actually, it, they've talked about that before, and um, the Dusty Rhodes Classic started when they were all still in the WWE, um, and they really liked the fact that um, they were honoring Dusty that way, especially when it was, it was NXT and towards the end of his life, NXT was a really big part of it. Okay. And everybody in NXT like super loves and appreciates Dusty. And um, he's gone on record that he's glad that they're continuing it. So um, I could definitely see how it could go that way, but he's gone on record that it's kind of the opposite, which I think is really cool. Um, Cause I know it was like yeah. a huge deal that like he finally got his name rights back to use in WWE or to use in AEW. Uh, because they were owned by WWE, which is just insane to me to think that you can't use your own name because another, somebody else owns it. But Well, and I, and I mean, it's it's one of those ones where it's like um, IP, right? Like yeah. intellectual property. And I mean, Cody Rhodes' given name is Cody Runnels. Right. Um, and so it's not like his actual name, you know? Um, but it's it's weird, right? Because you put all that work into helping create it, but it was under this company. Well, I think it was specifically it. he couldn't use his last name, right? Because he kept going by Cody. But then they finally, like, I remember it was a huge deal at WW, in AEW whenever they were able to introduce him as Cody Rhodes. Yeah, it's, the Rhodes part was not allowed for whatever reason. Yeah. Whereas Cody was, because that's his actual first name. Um, it's a whole thing. But, it's, uh, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now that I've taken us on that tangent, um, how'd you the actual match itself, Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne? Like it was, it was dope. Yeah, right. It was pretty good. Um, but I, I don't think anything particularly happened in that match that was all uh, that noteworthy. I'm pretty that sure really that Pete about. Dunne broke his fingers. And I will say that the thing that did st- stick out to me is I think that Finn Balor did a great job selling uh, that his hands were mangled by the end of that right. match like he, he couldn't even put the belt on himself and stuff i thought that was cool yeah and i think that's something that to pete dunn's credit and i mean also the fact that they like put over the fact that he's only 27 which mm-hmm. is real young um for wrestlers i guess um is 
I like the idea of isn't it strange because because like years ago wouldn't have that been like the high end for wrestlers that would have been probably the the, the mid the mid like prime but now it's considered like this is a new young guy coming in yeah and I think part of that's the the wellness policy right like if you're no longer traveling 300 nights a year and wrestling 200 nights a year and doing all kinds of drugs that your body will kind of hold out a little bit better. Yeah. Especially because the, the roster's not full of six-foot-tall people that weigh 300 pounds of muscle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's probably hard just walking around at that point, right? Um, so I think longevity is a little bit more possible these days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were... Um, I mean, champions like Brock Lesnar at one point was the youngest world champion at like 23 or 22 or something like that. Um, but Makes usually you would, you would have been like late 20s, early 30s. Um, and a lot of people retired like mid 30s to 40. That's kind of what the, the breakdown was on that one. Like Undertaker's obviously a huge anomaly on that. But like um, Stone Cold Steve Austin was um he was only in the wwe as an actor wrestler for like six years oh yeah that's crazy to think because he's such an integral part of it yeah he was 38 years old when he retired that's nuts Um, i mean good for him that's what i would do man make your money and get out yeah, I mean, at the time he did, and he's set team. up, and he's set up for life now. Because, like, uh, a lot of people think the Broken Skull Sessions is like the best things that WWE produces. <laughs> yeah, he's got that. He's got his podcast. He's on. He's got that TV shows. show. He's acting like, and he can come back to the WWE to do a guest spot and make probably more money than you and I would make in a year. Oh, absolutely! I mean, he always comes back. What is it like, March sixteenth? Because it's 316, that's Stone Cold Day. Perfect. Um, Yeah, he's 56 right now and probably doesn't have to do anything for the rest of his life if he doesn't want to. Um, But it's it's just kind of bonkers to me that he's the biggest name in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he... Who do you you think is the best actor? The best actor that was a re- that was or is a wrestler. Yeah, is it? I think the best rest movie, my favorite movie with the wrestler is is They Live. But I don't know if Rowdy Roddy Piper is necessarily the best actor. I would. I mean, I think I watch movies a little bit more differently than you since I didn't go to school for it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would have to say I've probably enjoyed more movies with the rock in them than other wrestlers See, i would think i like the rock and don't get me wrong he's earned all the success that he has and he's very charismatic everybody loves him and uh honestly i think the rock could do like someone needs to tell the rock that he doesn't have to try so hard anymore like he's there he's earned it everybody loves him <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> The movies that I've seen of Stone Cold's, like I've enjoyed, probably. But honestly, I would think I think I think I think my pick is, I think Batista. That's fair. I mean, because he's 
I think he's tried more and he also wasn't pushed to the tippy top right away. Yeah. So he's had time to grow also because, I mean, he's got his his run as a, a bad guy in a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And he's also in Guardians um, of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in that spy movie. Um, he was in a bunch of other stuff too. Um, like I think that the fact that he wasn't just immediately pushed to the tip top. Right. He got to top. develop a little bit more. Yeah, I think that that helped quite a bit um, for it. And I mean, at this point, like I think and there's no I, no no doubt Rock has a more successful career. No, no, no doubt. I don't. I, honestly, I don't. I don't know on that one because I know that the Guardians have made. I know of money. Guardians have made a shitload of money, but The Rock has made several titles that have made shitloads of money. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at like, granted, I know The Rock hasn't that. been in a Marvel movie or anything yet, which well, would absolutely... he was cast as uh, Black Adam. I know. Well, we'll see when that happens. Right. And that's DC, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah, it is. I mean, I, not that that matters. Actually, it does because most of the time, live-action DC movies aren't that great. Though the new Harley Quinn one was good. So I just pulled up a website by the name of Scream Rant. Mm-hmm. Um, that, Familiar. Uh, um, the title of it is. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and nine other pro wrestlers turned actors ranked by their roles. Uh-huh. So um, I'm guessing that The Rock's at the top of the list mm. um, if, if none of the other ones are, are mentioned. But mm-hmm. um, we got The Rock as his character in Jumanji. Yeah. As, as one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. Um, second is movie. actually uh, John Cena. Okay. Um, which he's credited as Bumblebee. Oh, he did the voice of Bumblebee in the Transformers movies. <laughs> uh, it looks like it. it looks like uh, very well be in the sci-fi action movie Bumblebee, a sixth installment of the Transformers. So I don't know. Like I fell off on the Transformers movies. Oh, like the actual movie called Bumblebee from 2018. Yeah, yeah but it's oh, he played Agent tight. Burns. Okay. He wasn't. Um, he wasn't the voice of Bumblebee. I just imagine like, it being like the car being like, "You can't see me driving by." <laughs> but I mean, he was in the Marine in Twelve Rounds, um, which were WWE movies. Mm-hmm. But he was also in Ferdinand and Trainwreck, um, where Cena was a small role, but um, it was really funny. Um, third is definitely Batista on here. Um, fourth is Andre the Giant because the Princess Bride. Yeah, that makes sense. Is they they look's got to be on there, right? Yeah. Um, okay. But fifth is Jesse the Body Ventura because he was in Predator. Okay. Um, okay. Next was uh, Kevin Nash in Magic Mike. <laughs> okay. He was also he also played Super Shredder in Secret of the Ooze. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, and he he was also a security guard. Baby. First, uh, Sorry. <laughs> he was also the, a security guard um, that didn't get killed in um, John Wick. Oh wow, rare uh, ne- rare non death in John Wick. Yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin and was credited for his role in The Expendables. Of course, um, Hulk Hogan for his role in Hogan Knows Best. Uh huh. Um, well, and all of his stuff, you know, like 
like the what is it the what were he's a nanny? Oh, uh, Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. Uh, Santa with muscles. Um, next was Macho Man Randy Savage as Bonesaw McGraw and uh, Spider Spider Man the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Bonesaw is ready. Yeah. And then ten is uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and they live. And of those, I would say that Rowdy Roddy Piper had the single best line of any of those roles. Probably uh, most iconic. They They Live is my favorite movie of that of that list by far. Though Predator's uh, good too. Yeah, um, I don't know that I have enough patience for Predator. I don't know what it is, but like action movies where. You're kind of just stuck in the jungle, kind of trying to figure it out. Uh huh. Um, just doesn't doesn't does appear it, on my doesn't radar appear on your radar. radar. Okay, okay. But, um, but yeah, I I derailed us twice. But um, you mentioned um, kind of the after effects of the match after Finn Balor, Balor uh, put away Pete Dunne and, and retained the NXT Championship. Mm-hmm. What happened? Uh, well, he was getting overrun. By Pete Dunn and his mates. Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Yeah, the tag team champions of NXT. Uh, and then the EU came out. Or UE came out. Shocked the system. Uh, shocked the system. Uh, they've been kind of building up the fact that Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly like, begrudgingly like each other because they've been beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Um... And so the Undisputed Era ran off uh, the Goon Squad. And uh, if I recall, um, they were kind of doing their pose in the ring. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, right? Because they they Uh, had that mutual respect. And uh, Bobby Fish wasn't in the ring, right? It was just Robert Strong. Roderick Strong. Uh, I think it was Roderick Strong and uh, Adam Cole. And Adam Cole, yeah. I mean, we know Adam Cole was there because it was the big shocker of night whenever he super kicked uh, Finn Balor and then whenever Kyle O'Reilly got batted before it, he super kicked Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, so shocking, right? Because, I mean... He shocked the system! So is I that... loved it. This is, how you, this is how... If you're going to split up a, a beloved, established team... Don't just do it randomly. Do something like this. Oh, you mean you want to have some meaning in the actions that take place in the ring? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, from here, like... Don't just unceremoniously say, like, you're not a team anymore. Bye. Do something with it. <laughs> so where do you where do you think this is going to go, then? Do you think this is going to be, like, the entire UE? Yeah, they're um, going dis- to... I bet they're going to dissolve. All right, and then do you think that... This is uh, Adam Cole's way of going for the championship. Is yeah, Kyle O'Reilly going to be involved Adam, in that? In Adam Cole. Possible? Adam Cole is definitely going to like because that's why he attacked Finn Balor, right? Because he's like he has my championship. I want it back. Right. But how how is Kyle O'Reilly going to? Is he just fodder for that? Is he? I think gonna... I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that maybe he becomes friends with Finn Balor. Who knows. Maybe triple threat at like WrestleMania or something like that. Could be, especially if there's like a huge fallout. Um, I think maybe one of the 
one of the Undisputed Era will like go with will stay with Adam Cole. Hopefully Roderick Strong, because it looks like Bobby Fish kind of is always in some state of injury. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, because that had meaning to it, right? Like there's multiple ways it can go. It could be Adam Cole takes offense and starts a, a feud with, uh, or not Adam, uh, that Kyle O'Reilly takes offense and starts feuding with Adam Cole. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, and, he kicked him. Um, and then they're not looking at the NXT championship for a month or two, right? Or it could mm-hmm. be that all of them go for it. He gets thrown in just because kind of thing. Could be. Like, and that. I kind of hope, I, I kind of hope that they do the other way where it's like, like they focus on them imploding. I want to see a, a slow implosion of the undisputed era. <laughs> I want to see Pat McAfee come back and just be like, see, I told you, he was a total shithead. <laughs> um, Pat McAfee turns uh, babyface. <laughs> he doesn't even have to. he just be like, look, I told you so, you idiots. <laughs> um, but again, fantastic show, top to bottom. Yeah. Um, everything made sense. Everything kind of moved forward in a way that and we already kind of further opportunities yeah i loved it I, I, I to me this was better than the royal rumble was and it was half as long <laughs> and i think that that might be part of why it was better part of it yeah. didn't have to have filler that's true it didn't have to i mean the royal rumble by design is going to be long yeah um but i doubt that elimination chamber is going to be as, as long and it, as efficient as oh no way no way I can already tell, because they're just throwing random, like, they're just like, oh, here's champions, fight champions, which, you know, I mean, there's some that's kind of cool, that's kind of cool. I like the stuff with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Well, let's talk about that, because, I mean, that's going to be our next episode, it's going to be the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Um, but um, the card for that is a little bit smaller now. They had previously announced a match that now had to be canceled. Um, oh, yeah, because Lacey Evans is pregnant. Which is it's weird because like she's legitimately pregnant. Mm-hmm. But they also... They're using it as a storyline. Yeah, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. No. But like they're also presenting it that Ric Flair is the father of the child. Right, which is... Which, uh, is... I don't know. Uh, I, I, for one, am glad that if they're doing it, that they're doing it as balls to the walls as they are. They commit to the bit. Yeah, they commit to In the bit. Case. They committed to the bit. Because it ended with her saying, you can't hit me, Charlotte Flair, because I'm pregnant. And then her, I'm so traditional music comes on while Ric Flair's stunting around her going call me daddy like doing his little uh style and profile and dance in a circle around her i'm just like this is a perfect microcosm of what wrestling is it absolutely encapsulates the <laughs> the kind of awkwardness of being a wrestling fan right because like it's super weird having 
a 70-year-old dude be the dad of a baby of a performer <laughs> as a storyline to get back at his own daughter. Yeah, yes, it's very but weird. It's very on the Jerry Springer side of things. Which is, I mean, honestly, Jerry Springer and wrestling aren't that far removed in my head. Oh, absolutely not. Um, and so, it, like, it's a perfect example, but it's also one that, like, I'm not particularly enjoying it, but, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but there's... It's no my hole. <laughs> it's not that endearing by any means. <laughs> um. But, I mean, that, that match is... So it was going to be Lacey versus Asuka for the championship, right? Um, was what the match was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean... So they didn't get a replacement. They're just taking that match off the card? It hasn't been officially canceled, but other people are reporting that it is. Um, and it would be kind of hard to be like, well, Charlotte can't hit you, but I can still fight Asuka for the championship. So I don't know how that would necessarily go. Well, I just figured they'd replace her with someone else to fight Asuka. Yeah, it's just kind of hard. Like, do you throw in Charlotte just because? Like, probably not. You probably want to save that for WrestleMania, right? Probably. Uh, but who else would you throw? Would throw in Peyton Royce or? You <laughs> uh, do Kay, it. Maybe? Do it. <laughs> like, who do you choose to? eat an obvious loss at that point. Who, yeah, it's definitely one of, like, those two, either of those two I think would have been good. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to throw Ray Ripley in there, but that would kind of undo yeah. a lot of her mystique, you know? I'm glad that they didn't do Rhea Ripley, because she's another one um, just like Damian Priest. I love Damian Priest. I'm so scared that he's going to just disappear in the roster at the main place. So far, it's okay. I like this friendship with Bad Bunny. I do, too. Um, Bad Bunny is slowly becoming my favorite wrestler. <laughs> he's uh, the he's new 24-7 champion. champion. He's got super dope merch and a really good splash compared to other celebrities. <laughs> uh, he's just a dude that is really happy to be involved with wrestling despite his super fab, like super level of fame that he has in music. Um and I think he's a perfect foil to The Miz with The Miz thinking that he's a superstar, like Hollywood A-lister versus somebody who actually is. Right, yeah. So I like that specific storyline I'm super enjoying, which usually celebrity-style ones I don't. But Right. Like, I didn't really like the Pat McAfee. Like, I liked him okay, but this one I like more already. See, I, I didn't like the storyline for it, but the match had, was... So much better than it had any business being. Yeah, he it was. The ma- the matches were okay. Uh, but I mean, he's the best punter ever, basically, right? Like, <laughs> I don't watch football, but he's at least one of the best ever. So he's got some athletic sure. ability. But, um, but yeah, if I, you were I mean, if I you did... were to if I, I do have to say, if I was forced to pick to pick a professional football athlete to fight, I'd probably pick a kicker. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> your other choice on that is a couple of 300-pound linemen. Um, or That's all I'm going to say on that one. Maybe a coach, because they're usually pretty old. Well, okay, but they're not. They count. They're not. They're, they don't count. They don't count. <laughs> they don't count. Uh, a couple of owners I'd fight, just because. <laughs> sure. That one I would. year old man. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, I honestly don't know where 
Damien Priest is going to go after this because, like, it's pretty clearly going to a wrestling match, right? At WrestleMania, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest versus The Miz and Morrison is what, what it looks like to me. Yeah. Um, do you oh, think uh, Do you think The Miz is going to uh, cash in since he recused himself from the Elimination Chamber? I do. Um, I doubt that it's going to happen before WrestleMania. Do you think he's going to be successful? I hope so. It's been, I think it's been a while since the Money in the Bank men's has won it from that because I know, like, just off the top of my head, that John Cena lost with it. Uh, Damian Mizdow or Sandow lost it. Um, Corbin lost it. Um, and I can't think of anybody else in between that have successfully cashed in on it. So I kind of hope so. Otherwise, like they're kind of just building up. Like this could happen at any time. You can win it, and then they never win. Never do anything with it. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing Miz as a champion because having a legitimate like heel that you legitimately dislike, like, is so uncommon. For like a for like a half a second, whenever this stuff was going on, and it was a uh, it was Miz versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, to see who was going to replace the Miz, I was like, "Oh, gee, is it going to be the person who's there or the person who's not there?" Um. <laughs> um, have you heard anything about speaking of like celebrities and stuff? Have you heard anything about um, what Bow Wow's doing? No. Do you remember Bow Wow or Lil Bow Wow? Yeah, sure. Um, he's just he had a movie talking. where he got magic shoes at one point, right? Yeah, like Mike. Um, he's just talking mad shit on Twitter to WWE, and he's going to start training at Rikishi's like wrestling ring, so the Usos' dad's um, mm-hmm. wrestling school um, to to have a match is what he's saying, and like the shit that he's talking is like, why are you? <laughs> My favorite one was basically like, why are you bothering talking shit to me? I have eight million followers. You're on Raw every single night. You barely have fifty thousand. Like I'm doing you a favor. Uh, <laughs> And so, like, he's building himself up as, like, a heel celebrity, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And Like Shaq uh, is doing in AEW. Right. Um, but if you put Bow Wow next to Shaq, like, <laughs> kind of know who I'd rather fight. You know? <laughs> Shaq. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Jesse McCartney can do it in that one song, like. Uh, <laughs> but, it's going to be interesting to see Shaq wrestle. It's coming soon. Did. Kind of did in at WrestleMania, I think, um, against the Big Show a little bit. I oh, yeah. He had an actual match. Uh, but he came out to a song that was, like, number one at the time, uh, Panda by Designer, mm-hmm. which is super rare for uh, wrestling because they usually don't pay the, the music rights for stuff like that. Yeah. Tony Connell um, shuffled out, though. He bought that thing for Jungle Boy. Get that Tony Khan money. That's what I wanted to do. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Oh, we don't have those rights. I can't do that. Well, just do it real bad next time, and then nobody will know. That's what I do. When I sing along to songs, nobody has any idea, because my voice does not go higher than this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I mean, it's weird, because like, there's kind of storylines built into this, but also not. Yeah. Right? Speaking the... speaking of storylines, I want to get jump jump over brands and talk about AEW a little bit. Okay. I think they're doing a great job building up all these storylines 
to uh their pay-per-view coming up in march what's it called full no not full gear revolution i think it's revolution yeah they're doing a good job building up all the storylines like on the main show which is not something i'm used to seeing to be honest (laughs) i mean i hate the term devil's advocate but um let me let me do that real quick because it seems like for whatever reason it's a lot easier when you have essentially a two-hour show dedicated to storylines to keep everything coherent and making sense. As opposed to, like, a, a three-hour show, a two-hour show, and another two-hour show. I get I get you. <laughs> like, but and I, I mean, that's not to, to WWE's credit by any means. I think that if they were going to go all in on the brand split, then they should focus on the brand split. Yes, I think so, and too. If that's the case, then you can focus on... Two hours worth of show with one team, three hours worth of show with another team, two hours with another. But I think that it's it's just spread too thin, and it's, it's essentially it's watered down at this point. Yeah. Whereas AEW does not feel watered down at all. No, they they have their time and they have their crew and their roster is getting bigger, but it's maybe what a third of the size. Mm-hmm. Of WWE's, yeah, so the they definitely they have, need more can... women's wrestlers. Um, they're also they're also more likely to use independent wrestlers, and which is great. Them in a way that's not like here's this random wrestler that's going to get squashed and nobody's going to ever hear about again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that with that, like the fact that they have more time in the week to focus on what they're doing and they have less time on TV. So they have to make that two hours count more that they have a lot going for their ability to do that and make things more coherent and make sense. Cause I mean, you're, you're more involved with AEW than I am, but like off the top of my head, right. There's the Kenny Omega storyline, right. Where he's spanning between AEW and impact and trying to be the the famous wrestling. Right. He's Um, trying to collect everything. There's uh, John Moxley, who, in addition to having a really big match announced with Kenny Omega, also had um, Kenta come over because he wants to challenge for the IGWP yeah. uh, US Championship. I saw an article that apparently Tony Khan AEW trademarked Forbidden Door and Forbidden Gateway. Yeah, and... Um, so I think we're going to be seeing a flood of New Japan wrestlers coming in. Yeah, because maybe the, not a flood, the but door. there's gonna be there's gonna be something cool is happening. Yeah, because the forbidden door was always that idea that there's a separation between Japanese promotions and w- and United States promotions, um, which is weird because like promotions in Mexico and Japan have always kind of traded pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's kind do you of think historical it's a, do, do you think it's because they? In both Mexico and Japan, they treat it more as like a legitimate sport. I think there's value to that, and I think there's also just a lot of flubs that have happened when Japan sends wrestlers over to the U.S. Oh. Um, one of the best Japanese wrestlers of all time, and who's currently active right now, is Okada. Mm-hmm. Um, probably when I say best of all time, not like there are definitely like historically more significant wrestlers, but he's kind of the tippy top right now, like him and a wrestler named Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. Um, he came over and went to impact 
and just got buried pretty much immediately. Um, I mean, you can even look at like Shinsuke in WWE, yeah, where he's won the U.S. title mm-hmm. and he won the Royal Rumble, but that's it hasn't hasn't really gone anywhere from there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think he, I think they're wasting Shinsuke a lot. It's just in the in the U.S. Um, there's not a lot of push for foreign acts for the most part, but especially if their 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 language isn't also English. Because like you have Drew McIntyre, you have Sheamus, right? They're not from the U.S. But yeah, everybody seems to love Oscar though. Oh yeah, um, that she's kind of in that weird spot. Like she's pretty undeniable, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know that I've. So she's done English promos that she does are hard to understand if you're not like paying attention because mm-hmm. English is obviously not her first language. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if she wasn't, like she's super entertaining in her mannerisms and what she does and what she does get across on it. Yeah, absolutely. So she's a outlier for sure, <laughs> exception, um, not the rule. And, yeah, and I mean. They, from day one, were, were pushing her really hard, which was really cool to see. Um, but then for every Asuka, there's probably 10 or 15 Japanese wrestlers that um, super talented and should have done better, but didn't get that push. Yeah. Um, and so I think that probably built up that that forbidden gate yeah. a little bit as well. Um, but um, with people like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who have wrestled successfully in japan because japan is a lot more forgiving in that and they're not even super forgiving on it because i mean they have term uh, gaijin mm-hmm. for non-japanese wrestlers and there's not a huge list of ones that have won big titles on it um right so john moxley but, having one is kind of a big deal like john moxley uh kenny omega um both have have had them luther um, was even, pretty big there right <laughs> um, he was really big in the deathmatch stuff, but I don't know if he was really like. Oh, okay. I thought that I thought that that was something in New Japan wrestling, but I guess it's a separate thing. Yeah, um, New Japan is not really deathmatch. It was they're now defunct as the companies that would do those. Um, but um, he was there, and there are people like Stan Hansen and Vader that were super super popular on it, um, which. I don't know that there's ever been. Technically, there's been one WWF champion that was Asian, um, mm. which was Antonio Inoki, and that one is still kind of depends on on how you think about it. Yeah, um, kind of in contrast. But having people like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Johnny Mo- and John Moxley that were successful in Japan and then want to make that transition happen to kind of open the doors and legitimately have it to where it's not we're bringing over japanese wrestlers for american wrestlers to shit on kind of right thing. like yeah um, they definitely didn't do that with kenta um i mean the wwe kind of did i mean aew didn't right um and i don't think that they would but like even with him like he was supposed to be he kind of did the whole kushida thing where he, he was he came into nxt was going to be the super big deal got injured um, came back a little bit, got to WWE proper, got injured, um, and then once he was healthy, like they never did anything with him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, I mean, bad luck and bad booking kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to talk about a cool thing that they're incorporating from Japan, because um, Japan would have these matches in a... The most famous one that comes to mind for me is FMW, because they would have all kinds of death matches, including the uh, exploding barbed wire death match. Um, when they announced that with Kenny Omega challenging John Moxley to that, what comes to mind for you in terms of what they're going to be doing with that? Um, with John Moxley? Yeah, like how how do you think that match is going to work? Like, you, did they explain it at all, or did they just say? I'm challenging you to an exploding barbed wire match, death match. Uh, I don't know that at all. Exploding barbed wire death match? Is that what's happening? Yeah, uh, um, I thought you knew that. Kenny Omega challenged John Moxley. Like he said, you can have a rematch at Revolution, but we're going to have an exploding barbed wire death match. Oh, I didn't know that. So now that you've heard that, what does an exploding barbed wire death match uh, um, sound like to you? It sounds like. Fucking awesome! Yeah, um, they are pretty cool. Um, I I imagine a lot of blood and uh, fire. (laughs) So usually, what it is is the ropes are either wrapped in or replaced with barbed wire, Um, and then there's usually a large barbed wire wrapped board uh, placed in the ring with what's said to be C four. Uh-huh. And the loser of the match is the one that gets blown up by getting thrown onto that board. Yeah, I'm, so, I I pulled up the AEW Revolution card and reading it, and it looks insane. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, and uh, we can just kind of go down that card a little bit and talk about what we're looking forward to. No, let's do that because... Um, Team Taz versus Sting and Darby Allin in a street fight. I kind of already have my guesses as to who's going to be doing the heavy lifting in that match. Oh, yeah? Sting? Um, well, seeing <laughs> uh, as Sting is probably old enough to collect Social Security, <laughs> um, I'm going to guess that... He got team... powerbombed by Brian Cage on AEW this last he week. did. Um... I'm going to guess that he'll probably be involved in the finish of the match, but I don't know that he's going to go through the whole thing on it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Darby Allen, like, that's the kind of match that kind of lends itself to him, especially with like the size differences. Yeah. But like, I anticipate him getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Do you which... think, I think, I think since, it's, since the, the title's not up for defense, I think he's going to lose. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool if they did a TNT title versus FTW title. It would be cool. But yeah, and also just because I think Team Taz, they're like a street fight's right up their alley. Yeah, I mean, you got Brian Cage who like, can't really think of a lot of matches that wouldn't be up his alley. Yeah, Um, I mean, there's a reason he's called The Machine. Talk about fitting nicknames. Yeah, and I mean, he's... (laughs) Juice to the gills, right? Like, of course. Yeah. Like, there's no way that that's natural. But, yes. <laughs> but like, even with that, like, he's still really agile. So like, even even matches that would typically lend themselves to smaller wrestlers, like a ladder match, like, yeah, I could see him doing really well in. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I, I can't think of one where I'd be like, you know what, Brian Cage probably is not going to win this match. Like, I bet Ricky he, Starks is going to get hit by the bat again. I could by see the that. way, Maybe. Ricky Starks, favorite member of Team Taz by far. Well, he is handsome. so I love Ricky Starks. <laughs> and that's mostly because I watch AEW Dark and every once in a while he'll be on the commentary with them. And, and him being on the commentary with Taz Excalibur is amazing. Taz has got to be probably one of my favorite announcers of all time, spanning back to his days as the SmackDown announcer with Cole. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, his diction or dictation is not the cleanest, right? He's got no. a pretty thick Brooklyn accent. But I remember I have fond memories of him <laughs> Mano Manashevitz when something happens. Um, and um, just how excited he gets into stuff and then when he's angry bad guy versus like a, a face commentator it's hilarious it is that's the most hilarious thing to me because he'll like it, it seems like he forgets that he's a bad like he's a heel while he's commentating and then like remember he'll be like oh this person's look, look at that movie they did it's so cool oh wait i hate this guy this guy sucks <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and i mean that's not even like the the first match announced on it but like what do you think about the Young Bucks versus Inner Circle? Chris Jericho and MJF? Yeah. Eh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I bet the Young Bucks win. But that would make I, sense. I could see... I guess I could see them dropping to, to Jericho and MJF. And, like, how long do you think the Inner Circle has? Not, not, not super long. So for sure... By the, by end the end of, of the I think by the end of the year. It's going to have exploded. And MJF's going to reveal that that was his plan the entire time. So, interesting idea on it. Do you think Wardlow is going to be with MJF the whole time, or do you think he's going to separate off before then? I think Wardlow... I don't know. Because isn't the thing that Wardlow just kind of works for MJF because MJF pays him a shitload of money? Yeah. I think, like, the storyline is he's not even technically employed by AEW. I think he's employed he's by MJF. Imp- yeah, the storyline, he's employed by MJF, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if he, he's signing the checks, right? <laughs> All right. Um, I, then... loved, I loved the being the elite where Dark Order gave their valentines to Wardlow. It was pretty funny. And I... Dark Order just warms they're, my heart pretty they're much They're great. The I think they're officially turning face. Because there was a segment uh, right before AEW this past week where they were getting interviewed in their, their keep. Their, um, and uh, Evil Udo just goes like, wait a minute. We've been doing this all wrong, guys. It's not about us. We should be trying to help people like Hangman. <laughs> so, I think it was because uh, Angel uh, Five found yeah. f- finally found Hangman's uh, email where he applied to the Dark Order because he wasn't feeling good enough back in like the big be- like mid last year, like right before he lost the the tag team titles with Kenny Omega. Oh. And uh, and so that like caused the Dark Order to be like, we're gonna help people. 
and uh, so on that, then um, that's that's Evil Uno kind of running things on that one. Has, had there been any uh, input from Negative One? Not yet. He was in the room, though. He didn't... Uh... No, he went out with them. They all were like, yeah, and he went out. <laughs> so... Um... Another one that's interesting for And they, they, oh, that's another storyline. Uh, they set up a money match between Matt Hardy and Hangman Page. Yeah, that one's probably one of the more interesting, like, uh, <laughs> stipulations that I've seen. Like, I don't know that anything's been set like that in a while, at least. Like, there have been matches where it's like, the winner gets $10,000. Yeah. Like but when it receives the loser's first quarter earnings. <laughs> so do you, do you know how that match came about? I don't. Okay, so Matt Hardy being big, big money Matt right now, he's going around, he's doing all the stuff with Private Party where he's like, like he's taking advantage of them, basically. He's got them to sign contracts where he gets like 30% of each of their income. So he gets like 60% of all of... Uh, their stuff. Obviously, it's not real, but like it's the storyline stuff. Um, right. and he tried to do the same thing with Hangman Page, where Matt Hardy was like trying to get where him and Hangman Page would be a tag team. Is what he wanted, and him and Hangman Page did two tag team matches where they won, and Matt got Hangman really drunk and got him to sign a contract. And he thought that he was giving him the same contract where uh, that he gave to Private Party, where he would get 30% of his earnings and they would be a tag team. But Hangman switched out the contracts and Matt didn't notice, and it was a contract for this match. <laughs> well, I'm glad that the depressed <laughs> millennial cowboy was able to get one over on Big Money Matt. <laughs> yeah. And make that opportunity. Uh, and, I mean, this seems like a perfect time, right, that... It can kind of go either way, right? And that, if Matt that, Hardy wins. And that ended with Matt Hardy being, because uh, they just beat TH2 as a tag team. And Matt Hardy was, like, going to reveal that he, like, kind of got one over on Hangman Page. And then Hangman Page revealed, no, I got one over on you. Uh, Big Money Matt got mad and offered $3,500 to TH2 to beat the shit out of Hangman Page right after the match. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a weird number, too. I'll give you guys $3,500. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of perfect, too, right? It's like, this could further solidify. And then, of course, the, like, and then, of course, the Dark Order came out and helped him. So we'll see if they continue with that angle and Hangman eventually joins the Dark Order. I bet he does. Eventually. Yeah, he seems like a pretty solid, sympathetic type face character that down the road could be a heel but like it would make it would make sense right it would, like finally joins the the dark order finds that like belonging that he wanted with uh the young bucks and the rest of the elite that he kind of got frozen out of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but this match is pretty cool too right because matt hardy's a really established veteran right kind of towards the end of the the road for his his years in the ring don't tell him that um, he might get mad at you yeah well if he if he hears this, he's upset. I'd be more than happy to, to talk it over with him. <laughs> um, but I mean, it could be one where Adam Page loses and he loses all that money, and he has to join Dark Order so he can go to Applebee's. <laughs> um, 
where he, he could win and he could establish himself as a still rising star kind yeah. of thing. So I I so. I think in that match my I'm gonna go with Hangman. Alright, I'll go with Matt Hardy. Uh, and then the other match on the card we haven't talked about is there's been the AEW's Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament, which has been pretty sweet. And the winner yeah. of that is going to face Hikaru Shida. And I think it's really cool how they did this, too, was half of it is on Dynamite and YouTube, um, while the other half is exclusively on YouTube. Yeah, I just uh, I just watched the match where Rio came back and beat Serena Deeb. Yeah, Serena Deeb, I think, has been a godsend to AEW's women's division. Yeah. Um, she's another, like, pretty established fan. And Thunder Rosa. I love Thunder Rosa. Oh, yeah. And she's, I mean, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa's comparatively really young mm-hmm. compared to, like, Serena Deeb, but both of them are super, super solid. And it's really cool to see them um, go. I'm excited to see another, because this will be, like, another Rio Thunder Rosa match right mm-hmm. I mean they kind of go off um, Tay Conti versus Nyla Rose I kind of have my suspicions of how that one's going to go I bet Tay Conti's going to win mm-hmm. just because uh, Nyla Rose destroyed Tay Conti whenever she debuted yeah I think that Nyla Rose is probably going to be in control for a lot of it but Tay uh, I think Tay will probably take it man I try I try like there's no way around it. Tecante is a beautiful woman. <laughs> Let me see, because I'm having trouble remembering what she looks like. Oh, yeah. She is a looker. <laughs> um, and she's great in the mat. Like, I, I, she's been on, she's, she's been featured on AEW Dark a lot, so I've seen her on that quite often. And she's gotten a lot, lot better in the ring. Yeah, and I mean, that one and... Been, um, she's pretty impressive. Britt Baker versus Anna Jay is left in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I, another I, one where Anna Jay lost to Britt Baker, right? And now she's kind of, like, established herself more. She, that's accurate, um, but I still... I don't know if Anna Jay is there yet. Um, yeah. Well, because Britt Baker's kind of, like, top tier for them in the women's division, for sure. Kind of like an uncrowned champion, almost. Yeah. Um, but the YouTube side of things has been the the Japanese matches. Yeah, um, I, I haven't watched those yet, but I'm going to. Um, there are two standouts for me that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. One is Maki Ito. Okay. Um, she is one of the top names from out of Japan. It looks like she had lost in the first round. Oh, and then okay. uh, Aja Kong is somebody that has been around for a long time. She was born in 1970. Oof. Um, she debuted in all Japan women's pro wrestling in 1986. Wow. So she's been wrestling longer than either of us have been alive. Wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's also um, on the larger side for women. Um, she's five foot five and 227 pounds. So um, when you have that kind of dynamic in it where she's going to have a pretty clear size advantage over a majority of the tournament, with the exception of Nyla Rose, Mm -hmm. um, I anticipate that she's going to go pretty far with the size and experience advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll be pretty interesting 
Um, but we've got quite a ways to go on it, too. We do. It's a bit away. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then the last match on that card, so far, card subject to change. Always know that. As Roman, as uh, what was what was that a big deal on in WWE recently? Oh, it was with Roman Reigns. Versus... Oh, because he was going to face uh, Adam Pierce. Yep. Adam Pierce has been doing a solid job as an authority figure, I have to say, too. Yeah, I, you know who I've been liked more in their new job uh, than Adam Pierce is uh, seeing the other part of Fire and Desire back. Fire and Desire was um, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, yeah. Seeing Mandy Sonya Rose. Deville come back and take on like kind of like a management role mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Especially with the story that happened with her, man. Fucking bullshit oh. women have to deal with in this world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Have you seen <laughs> anything about what Alexa Bliss is going through? Right yeah, now? insane. Someone needs but, to get that dude arrested for the stuff that he's been twi- tweeting. But... <laughs> the, oh, like, uh, straight up. Like, the fact that he still has a Twitter account blows my mind. Well, he's just been making multiples. That's what he's been doing. But yeah. the fact that he hasn't been, like, IP blocked or something by Twitter. Um, but, yeah. Um, mind-blowing. But kind of back to back to track yeah, on it. Back the, to track the last match. Is the is, uh, Faces of Revolution ladder match where the winner gets a shot at the TNT Championship. I think it's really cool that they're building up the TNT Championship like this. Because I can't think of in WWE where, like, a secondary level has kind of had this much effort put into like getting shots at the title right because usually it's if you win this ladder match you get a shot at the wwe championship or whatever um and the fact that not only is it a ladder match it's a multi-person ladder match Mm -hmm. um, with people that would typically be who you would think would be going for the world title that just aren't able to right now well Um, we only know three announced for the fight so far which is um, pentel zero Scorpio Sky and Cody Rhodes. Well, Wikipedia has more info than that, so I don't, I don't know, know if that's a spoiler or if it was announced. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, we got Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, uh, Pinta, El Zero, Medio, um, Lance Archer, and Ray Phoenix. Oh, nice. So there's one that we don't know, or is that the uh, whole match? Two. So two. there are two more that are unannounced. Nice. Lance Archer. Uh, Interesting that they're making him more of a face. Right, and uh, I think that kind of goes back to conversations you and I have had, where it's it's weird that someone whose whole shtick is everybody dies came out throwing just random people around before he come in to. to Oh, I loved it so much! Like where he came in already beating some random person up. (laughs) It's so funny. He's he's got his manager in Jake the Snake, who's never been known to be a a face, you know. Yeah. it's an interesting dynamic, and kind of seeing how that develops will be really cool um, on that one. Because um, if you're a bad guy that does bad stuff to good people, that, that's one thing, right? That's clear. Mm-hmm. But if you're a bad guy doing bad stuff to bad people, that kind of makes you a good guy. Um, and just kind of seeing where he goes with it. Right? Yeah. yeah. But um, according to Wikipedia, there's two open spots that are like, who do you think would fit those spots at this point? 
uh, it seems like they're pushing pack pretty hard, and I think introducing uh, a teammate for one of the competitors already in there would add a more interesting dynamic. See, in my uh, in my mindscape, uh, the fact that nobody from Best Friends is in that match, particularly probably uh, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy could be good, yeah. Uh, makes sense on it. Um, and then from there, uh, I mean, if we assume that that's the... If, if OC gets put in, right? Uh-huh. Um, who's somebody else? Like, Dark Order isn't really represented in this no. pay-per-view at all. No, no. Um, what about, like, Evil Uno in it? Evil Uno? <laughs> I think if it's someone from the Dark Order, it's not going to be Evil Uno. I think it's going to be John Silver. Or maybe Ten. Or, and I mean, also, like, that's a lot of big, strong dudes in that match, right? Yeah. Like, like you got to have somebody that can be thrown around, right? And OC is not really that type of, like, bounce-around type person. Um, but I could see something like... I wouldn't be surprised if they put either Frankie Kazarian or Christopher Daniels in it either. What about, like, Jungle Boy? That would be fun. Or... I would love Miro? to see Jungle Boy get the TNT Championship. What about Miro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I could see Miro. Like, I could even see, potentially... Um, Any of them, I really. He, I know we lost, but... Uh, Joey Janela? I liked that match between Joey Janela and Darby Allen. Yeah, Joey Janela is this... I, I, I've, I think I've told you this before. Like, he's in this weird spot for me where, like... I don't think he's particularly great in one aspect of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I think he's good enough in every aspect that, like... He's enjoyable pretty much any time I see him. Yeah. Um, I recently watched the match, one of the matches where he wrestled an, the Invisible Man, and that was highly enjoyable. Felt more like I, I was watching a comedy bit than I was watching a wrestling show. And I feel kind of <laughs> feel kind of shitty about this, but like the wrestlers that are like the high risk, high reward, put my body on the line kind of people, like. Joy Janela um, are the ones that I kind of gravitate towards. Like growing up, one of my favorites was always Mick Foley. Right. And yeah. I mean, his his single best kind of attribute, other than his ability to like talk, was his ability to get thrown off of shit and get hit with stuff. Like, yeah. Um, which, as a person, like that's pretty. It feels pretty horrible, right? Because <laughs> like this is somebody who's hurting themselves for your entertainment but like the fact that he's already doing that like i think it's it's just something that i'm drawn to pretty well so it's it's something that if there are going to be a total of three four five six seven people in that match that there's so many options that they have because their roster is a lot deeper than it used to be mm-hmm. um that I, I just I don't really know who it would be because like pretty Peter and... Avalon. 
could happen, right? He's been kind of getting more of a, a mainstream push. He has. I can't believe oh. he was on Dynamite Wrestling Cody Rhodes twice. Right. And I mean, there are people I would guess aren't going to be there, right? Like, I don't think the Butcher and the Blade are going to get thrown in necessarily. No, Maybe I don't because think so of either. being in there. I do, um, I do want to point out that the Butcher and the Blade did a move on AEW Dynamite that just, it's, it just sticks out in my head. I'm like, that, why isn't that their finisher? Because it was brutal looking, and it was uh, Butcher picked up someone and like kind of like Lance Archer's like wing thing where he has him over their head, mm-hmm. and he just chucked him at Blade's running knee. It was brutal. Who was that uh, against? Uh, it was it was this last AEW Dynamite. It was like this week. I can't remember. Who they fought against? So I missed that. So I'm gonna try to find that out. Right well, that sounds pretty good. So basically, lawn darted him into. Yeah, it's a lawn dart into a running knee, and they didn't use that as their finishing move. They did other things afterwards. So I'm just like, Jesus Christ! That, like, I buy that as a knockout move anytime I see it. <laughs> yeah, and. Having not seen it, but from what you've described to me, my guess is that's probably something that was done on a smaller person. Um, yeah. Or so it's not something that can be really done a lot. Um, yeah. A lot to like a lot of different people, and that's why. Because like, there are pr- plenty of wrestlers who have moves that are way sicker than what they normally do, but they can't do it to everybody, so they don't do it all that often. Like, right. Um, can you imagine trying to do like? Um, uh, I don't know, like, um, Kenny, o- or not Kenny, um, Kevin Owens, like, he used to do a package pile driver, which, like, you're, are you familiar with the pile driver? Yeah. So he would do that, but instead of having the legs straight up, he would, like, hold them down so they're almost in, like, a upside down seated position. Um, like, there's no way he could do that to, like, the big show, you know? Right. Um, so I, that might be what it is, but you know, I I'm think it was on dark that that, uh, that this happened. It wasn't on AEW Dynamite. Well, I will find that at some point. But um, oh shit! I've, every time I look up um, the butcher mm-hmm. on here, like I always know it, but I always forget that he. Honestly, there's no reason to wrestle other than he loves it because he was the rhythm guitarist for Every Time I Die. <laughs> and wow. so, like, super, another super successful musician. Yeah. But one that um, so, did not capitalize on that to be a wrestler. You're, you're familiar with uh, Chaos Project on AEW, right? Um, that is Luther and Serpent- Serpentico. Serpentico. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, John Moxley was on AEW Dark this last week, mm-hmm. uh, which is rare. Most of the time they don't have him or like the big names on their free YouTube show, but he opened it. He fought against this guy named John Cruz, who is, okay. that's Serpentico. Oh, okay. So, so that guy lost two matches on Dynamite in one, in one night, which was pretty great. <laughs> he got beat up by, uh. John Moxley had then got beat up 
as Serpentico in their tag team. I think they lost against Bear Country, which is one of the newer teams that they think AW is signing, which are super dope. Well, um, what what's your what's your feelings on Chaos Project? Uh, I think it, I I like them. They're interesting enough. Uh, Luther is strange, and I like the fact that he uses his tiny uh, partner to beat people up with, like, as a weapon. What about his uh, his third eye and always pointing to it? How do you like that as natural? Eh, whatever. <laughs> Matt, not, Seidel, gonna, Matt, Matt Seidel not, does the same thing. You're not going to paint one on your forehead the first AEW show you go to? No. No. <laughs> uh, I'm not a Luther super fan by any means. Um and uh but yeah well a bunch going on there's and, a bunch uh, going on too much to talk about and um <laughs> i think that that's where we'll it. we'll call it for this week yeah next week we got another pay-per-view episode we do we're gonna be talking about the elimination chamber which we forgot to finish that card out <laughs> um but i mean there's the there's the Raw Elimination Chamber, which will be for the Drew McIntyre's Championship. Mm-hmm. And it's against all, all the champions. champions. Yep. Uh, Sheamus is kind of the storyline in this more than anything else. Because he's going to go last. And he also turned on his best friend, Drew McIntyre. That's true. Uh, which seems a little schoolyard to me, but mm-hmm. I'm here for it. And then there's the the Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, or sorry, Riddle, triple threat for the United States Championship. Hopefully that'll um, be good. And then there's the... SmackDown Elimination Chamber, which is Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Kevin or King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you win that match, then you get the honor of facing uh, Roman Reigns later on in the night. Which not like immediately after the fight, I think is what he said. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was immediately after, or if it's like they're going to put that one on first and then the Roman Reigns last or something. We'll like that, see. But... but he, Roman Reigns, and Paul Heyman said on the spot. Whoever wins on the spot gets a match with Roman Reigns for the title championship. Well, let's hope that uh, this Elimination Chamber's uh, chambers stay together because that glass seems like it's made out of paper. They need um, to make it, like your joke that you made, they need to use <laughs> the glass that they made the barrier in NXT. Yeah. It's way stronger than the Elimination Chamber one. And I mean, looking through this this list, right, with, with who's in the Elimination Chamber, like... There are three people I could see potentially winning it. Probably more like two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that... Randy Orton doesn't win and we get Edge versus Randy Orton and fucking WrestleMania again. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting my, my, my bet down here that it's going to end up being Roman Reigns versus Edge. Okay. Um, that, that's the stake in the ground I'm going to put. Do you but... think Drew McIntyre is going to retain? Into the elimination chamber. I do, but I think it would make a lot of sense if Sheamus or AJ Styles also won. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I think Drew's going to retain. Okay. Um, but and you think Roman Reigns is going to retain as well? Yeah, I mean that's right up his alley in terms of shithead heel <laughs> stacking the deck kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's going to lead to Miz cashing in on. <laughs> That'd be really funny. 
Um, also, there's a precedent set because Edge had cashed in Money in the Bank previously after an Elimination Chamber and won the title off that. So that's a little bit of history that could come back. Yeah. Um, but um, from the SmackDown, like, I think it would make sense if Kevin Owens and da- or Daniel Bryan win mm-hmm. on it. I don't really see King Corbin, Sami Zayn, or... I mean, maybe it's Dark Horse Cesaro on it. Maybe. Um, but like Jey Uso could potentially... I, I doubt it's going to be Jey Uso at the end. Because maybe he's going to be in there to like soften up whoever is going to face Roman Reigns. I don't yeah. know. Um, but like it could be that he wins and then is forced to, to lay down for <laughs> Roman Reigns. Um, but I mean, there's some there's some stuff to potentially be excited about. It um, is, and we'll catch it all here next time, I believe, with a special guest. You'll have to tune in to see who that is. If we can't find a special guest, I will tell you right now that I'll do a voice. And when that day comes, I'll forget about that. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll go on record as saying I'll do it, but then that I'll also forget. Way to cover yourself. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to pick up moves from Roman Reigns and stack the deck in my favor. That's a good way to do it. All right. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us this week on What About Wrestling? Once again, uh, you can catch our podcast Anywhere you can find our pod, find your podcasts on iTunes and whatnot. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook under the Fact Check Facebook page is where we will post our episodes up. You'll also be able on that page be able to find our my other podcasts, my two best buddies, uh, uh, Austin, yeah, and Josh. Austin and Josh with there, uh, there's su- there's there's such my good buddies that I couldn't remember their names for a second. But um, I've listened to every single episode of Have You Seen? Um, they've all been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, thank you. Some of them are longer than others. Uh, can't help but notice that the Justin Bieber episode did not uh, last Wasn't super, super long. long. Wasn't super long, no. Uh, but also, um, <laughs> it seems like um, <laughs> episodes of Amazeballs are starting to get re-uploaded. Which it is, is true. Crazy. Yeah, that um, is true. I'm That's a, our a big TV fast show. fan myself. Thank you. You're, um, you're part of it now. <laughs> part of the network. Um, um, I'm just looking forward to the day where we can con Josh into... Watching wrestling with the almost zero content. Oh, he'll 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 hate it. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind Josh would not enjoy wrestling. I don't disagree, but I, I do give him enough credit that he will give it at least one shot for us. Maybe, maybe. Um, we'll see. He's big on time and pay per views are a big time commitment. We'll have to give him one of the two hour ones. Yeah, maybe uh Maybe uh, AEW pay-per-view would be a, a good choice for that. Yeah. I wanted um, to get Austin for the AEW pay-per-view. Maybe not on the show, but just make him watch it so he can see the difference. Maybe we'll get Josh in on uh, NXT. Yeah. Because that one's usually a little bit more digestible. Yeah. <laughs> or we can just go all in and get him in on WrestleMania and make him <laughs> two separate days of six hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, good right, things guys. to come. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll see you all uh, next time. Yeah, I've been Nick. I'm Justin. Catch ding, you ding, next ding. Week. ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding.